How you doing, Purpose Claremont? Hey, I wanted to share some things uh, with you that came out of the reading for today. It's May 1st, um, so we're in Isaiah and Psalm, um, the Psalms, and then um, just things that came to my mind out of different passages that kind of dealt with the topic of affliction. Like, why do we go through tough stuff? And so, um, let's pray, and we'll we'll go into it. Father, I pray that now that you would use this time to remind me of your goodness, to remind those who are listening, who are going through times of affliction, of your goodness and your greatness, to to teach us to trust you uh, in the midst of the tough times. It's easy to trust when it's, everything's great. It's a totally different thing in our relationship with you to trust you when it's difficult or to trust you when we're not quite sure how things are going to turn out um, or if we feel like we've uh, been wronged in the past. I pray that this morning um, that we that we're sensitive, that healing comes. And so, God, please speak as only you can. We're attentive. We want to hear. Uh, keep us humble to receive instead of trying to instruct you how you should be, God. I pray, God, that we would um, just surrender to the fact that you are. Submit. Yield ourselves to your lordship uh, and submit to your teaching, your instruction. Holy Spirit, have your way. We pray this in your name. Amen. <clears throat> so here's the passages um, that stood out mostly in, in Isaiah, starting verse 49. The end of 15, the very beginning of 16, um, says, yet I will not forget you. Now, that's, what's a, that's such a great, um, what, a, what an incredible, what, six words. Um, that's God speaking to us. Um, I will not forget you. Uh, I think even before that, um, he uses kind of the analogy of, does a, does a, does a mother forget about her, her nursing child? Um, and then said, even if that were to happen, which is unheard of, like no mom would ever do that. Um, even if that were to happen, God will never forget you. So he says, yet, even if that happens, I won't forget you. So yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. When I read that part, I thought, okay, so now picture Jesus saying that, but literally having done that. He says, I won't forget you. And how will I make sure that I don't forget you? Now he doesn't forget ever and he doesn't need reminders, but we know that he never forgets us. He's never going to leave us. But the reminder, quote unquote, the reminder is, Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. And so when you think of the spikes going through the, the wrists, that, I mean, technically the wrists of Christ, but in that day, the wrists would be considered part of the hand or part of the palm. He's saying, I, I have these marks on my wrists, these marks on my palm, in the palms of my hands as this reminder, I'm not forgetting you. Then you jump down to chapter 50, verse 4. And now listen how this plays for those that were part of the uh, last word series. We looked at the last, the, the, the final seven things that Jesus said from the cross. Um, see if this, see if you don't see Jesus um, and what he endured described in these verses. The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught that I may know how to sustain with a word he, him who is weary. Now just hold on to that for just a second. God knows how to sustain you. Jesus knows how to sustain you. So what you're going through, when you get alone with him, look, the Lord has given me the tongue, of the, the tongue of those who are taught that I may know how to sustain with a word, him who is weary. Why is it so important to get alone with God in his word? Because this is how he sustains us. He sustains us when we're weary by speaking into our lives. We, we spend time in the word. Yes, I do believe the Holy Spirit speaks personally to us, but he gives us the written word. That's what we go back to when Jesus was tempted. He says, it is written. Even though he's God, he went back to what scripture says. We go back to the scriptures because God is speaking to us through, through, through his word. It goes on, morning by morning, he awakens. He awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. Now watch this. The Lord God has opened my ear. 
I was not rebellious. I turned not backward. I gave, now watch it. I gave my back to those who strike. You picture Jesus being flogged before he goes to the cross. My cheeks to those who pull out the beard. It's written in the gospel accounts that as Jesus would walk along um, the 600 yards or so to Golgotha, that people would break through the Roman guard that were leading him to the cross. They would break okay. through and pull part of his, I mean, grab onto his beard and pull it out of his face. So there, that's the description of it. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting. The scriptures say in the gospel accounts that they, they were spitting upon Jesus. They're screaming at him. They're yelling at him. Um, he's, he's experiencing disgrace. They're mocking him and they're spitting on him. So here in chapter 50 of Isaiah, you see this picture hundreds of years before Jesus would endure it, what it is that he would go through. You see his purpose, what it is that he's able to do, how he had, he had learned, even though he was God, but he grew up as a child. He learned the things the same way that we learn in the process. But you see that there's this affliction that he went through and all these things. And so I sit there and go, okay, so if I want to be like Christ, then I have to be prepared for, a, for affliction to come into my life. But what is the purpose of affliction? A lot of times bad things happen, and the first thing we do is we jump and think that God does not care, or God has forgotten, or God's not powerful. And that's not at all what the scriptures teach. Um, and so there's a few points as I thought through the scriptures, and as I went through Psalm 119, um, it's weird that I'm reading out of Isaiah 50, the affliction that, that I see that Jesus went through out of chapter 54 to 6. And then you see in, chap, uh, uh, in Psalm 119, you see this topic of affliction come up, which then brought me to a couple passages, and we'll close with that. So out of Psalm 119, verse 67, he says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. And so when I, I, when I looked at that, I wrote this in my journal. I said, A purpose of affliction is to bring us back. Notice again, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now, after I was afflicted, so I went astray before I was afflicted, I went, when I went astray, I was afflicted, and now I keep your word. And so it brings us back. There's a call to repentance and then obedience. And so you see it as the purpose that God is bringing about with the affliction that he brings is to bring us to, to turn around from our strain, our, our strain away to, to where we're running away from God, maybe we're walking towards sin, is to bring us back to, re, to cause us to repent and then to come to, re, come to repentance and then obedience to Jesus. And then so the first purpose of affliction is to bring us back. The second one I notice when you go down a few verses more, uh, a purpose of affliction is to cause us to learn and love God's instruction, to learn and to love God's instruction. Um, Psalm 119, 71 and 72, it is good for me that I was afflicted. Notice it is, it is good for me that I was afflicted. He looks back on what it is that he went through and he says, that was for my good, that I might learn your statutes. Isn't it amazing that when we go through affliction, we... We tend to, okay, we have two options. One, run from God, get ticked off and just give him the finger and say, I don't want anything to do with you anymore. And then all of a sudden that can actually lead to saying, I don't believe in God, which is weird um, to jump from, well, bad things happen. So therefore there are no, there's, there must be no God. There, again, you come back to the importance of spending time with him in his word, that he reveals himself to you. You learn more about him. You realize he is great and good. Maybe the things that happen in our life is not based upon my preference, but based upon his purpose. And his purpose is always right, good, and perfect. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. We can run from God, or the second option is we can run to God, and we draw into um, spending time with him, especially into his word, that, we, that if you've ever gone through a difficult time and, and people send you verses, they come at kind of the perfect time, says that I might learn your statutes. We learn better under pressure. Uh, I mean, think about it. For those of, when you were doing high school or if you went through college, uh, when the pressure's on, man, you are learning. You are learning. You're trying to remember everything. 
And then he goes, the law of your mouth. Now watch this, that I might learn and love God's instruction. So learn it and love it. Not just, I know what to do. Dang it. I don't want to do that. No, but love it. Understand. Okay. I love God's word. I love his instruction. Watch the law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. So there's this love, this love and adoration for God's words. Uh, Go down to verse 75 of Psalm 119. I know, O Lord, that your rules are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. So God's doing this for my good. When I go through difficult times, he's, he's doing it or he's allowing it, but it says that you have afflicted, like you afflicted me, that in, in faithfulness you have afflicted me. So we look at it and go, okay, God, God, you're great and you're good and this is so hard, but I believe that your rules are righteous and that you're faithful. Psalm 119 verse 92, if your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. So notice this thing. We're afflicted that we might learn the statutes of God. Then we would learn and we might love the statutes of God. Then as we love the statutes of God, we realize the affliction that we go through because we're spending time with God. We, we, we love and adore his word. We're learning his word. We then have this understanding that God is faithful in my affliction. When, when God afflicts me, he's faithful. It's, out of, it's for good. And because I have this love for God, his love for his word, I've learned his word. When I go through the next affliction, when I go through things that are difficult me, if your law, if your law had not been my delight, it would have perished in my affliction. When I go through and realize, God, I love you and I love your word. When other times of affliction come my way, it is God's law, God's law or God's word that I delight in and it causes me not to perish. It gives me life. It gives me hope. It causes me to continue to move forward. When affliction comes, or if you face if you face some really difficult times, and I'm not, I don't even think Scripture downplays it, and how this all works out with God's sovereignty and sinful decisions of people, I don't have a clue. All I know is that what, what people, uh, what people or the enemy means for evil, God means it for good. God is going to use everything for our good. We just have to draw in with Him. So the first purpose of affliction is to bring us back. Uh, a second purpose of affliction is to cause us to learn and love God's instruction. Here's a third one. A purpose of affliction is for our good in growth and development. Kind of goes with the one above, but it's a little bit more uh, intentional. So out of the second Corinthians chapter 12, starting verse 7. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. The purpose of the thorn in the flesh, and we have no clue what it is. Everyone has an idea, but nobody knows what it is. Is to keep, it was to keep Paul from becoming conceited because of what it is that God was showing him. So it was for his good. Conceit is, or being conceited is never good. Pride is never good. Pride, self-centered. Pride is what, is what caused the fall. I mean, it's like you could be like God if you eat this fruit. It's like, oh, I want to be like God. And so they gave in. So to be conceited, God's like, I don't want you to become conceited. I'm showing you great things. I don't want you to be conceited. So I'm going to give you difficulty, a thorn of flesh to torment. That word harass is also translated as to torment me. That's what he says, to torment me. So what's his response? When the affliction comes, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. Guys, when we go through affliction, we can ask God, would you please take this from me? Now watch the response though. But he said to me, so Paul said, but God spoke to me. My grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. In other words, God is saying, no, I'm not taking it away because my power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. Therefore, because, and then he, because he hears the answer, because he hears God say no, he says, therefore, because he said no, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That he wants to experience the power of Christ 
in him more than he wants to experience the comforts of this life. Then you get to verse 10. For the sake of Christ, then I am content. I've learned to be content. You even get to Philippians chapter four when Paul says, I've learned to be content in any and every situation. It's the same concept for the verse 10. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I'm weak, then when I'm weak, because I'm going through this affliction, because I have this thorn in the flesh that's harassing me to keep me from, become, from becoming conceited, for when I am weak, then I am strong. And so you just sit and go, wow. Okay, so it's for my good. It's for growth and development. It's so I don't, I don't become conceited. It's so I, become, I don't become prideful. But here's another one. A purpose of affliction is to learn that I can't do it alone. And on that, I, I think I think what I'd add to that, a purpose of affliction is to learn that I can't do it alone, nor have I ever been expected to do it alone. Second Corinthians chapter one, starting verse eight, for we do not want you, to, this is Paul speaking, for we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so, now watch it, we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. I mean, that is a tough situation to be in. Indeed, we felt that we, we had received the sentence of death. Now watch it. But that was to make us not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. So you have Paul going, why am I going through this difficult? I mean, this, is, this was such a big thing. He's writing this letter. Man, this was such a difficult thing. We felt like we were going to die. But that was, the purpose behind it was not, oops, God's trying to figure it out. No, but that, that whole difficult time, that horrifically or horrible time that he had to experience. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves but on God who raises the dead. So it, 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 the, a purpose of affliction is to, is to learn that I can't do it alone, nor am I ever expected to do it alone. I'm expected to rely upon God. Why? Who raises the dead? Why? Because that is so impressive. That is just power. God has power to help us overcome, to help us get through that thing that is so difficult. If he can raise the dead, he can bring us through whatever it is that we're going through. The ultimate purpose behind affliction is this. Um, and this is where I think I'll, I'm, uh, this is where I'm going to finish. The ultimate purpose of affliction is to bring us to a place of hope. You look at all these things that I mentioned. I think that there's, a, that's why I said a, an affliction or a purpose, a purpose of affliction. And I think it all leads to this. The ultimate purpose of affliction is to bring us to a place of hope. So out of second Corinthians chapter one, verse 10. So just before a purpose of affliction is to learn, I can't do it alone. That's just first Corinthians one, eight to nine. Now this is verse 10 that brings us to hope. He says, he delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us. How does he know this? Well, on him, we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. We've seen him deliver us. He will deliver us again. It brings us to a sense of hope. Romans chapter five, when he's writing to a bunch of Christians in Rome, he says this, chapter five, verses one to five. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. He's going to go, oh man, rejoice in hope. That is fantastic. That's what I want. I want to rejoice in hope. Here's the process in order to get hope. In order to be able to rejoice in hope, you have to have hope. In order to get hope, watch the process. Verse three, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Our gaining of hope. Now watch, I'll keep going to verse five in just a second. Watch our, our gaining hope in order that we might rejoice in hope of the glory of God. The process by which we, we grow in hope or that we obtain hope is this. Not only that, but we, here it is. This is where it starts, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Why? Knowing that suffering produces endurance. As I suffer, I continue to go on. Why? I have hope. I, I want to hope in God, but all the things that I've seen in the past, 
There's a purpose in affliction. There's a purpose in affliction. Knowing that suffering produces endurance. So I'm going to hang on. I'm going to hang on. And endurance produces character that builds up you as a person. God doesn't want us to be spoiled brats the rest of our lives. He wants us to look like Christ. So there's a purpose. There's suffering that brings me to endurance. Endurance changes my character that I become the person of God who's after the heart of God. And character produces hope. That hope that I want to rejoice in because of the glory of God. And hope, verse 5, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Guys, when we start looking at affliction and we look at it from, man, I, I don't like this or I feel so uncomfortable, we got to come back to realizing, hey, there is a purpose. There are purposes in affliction. So just recap them real quick one more time. One, a purpose of affliction is to bring us back. Two, a purpose of affliction is to cause us to learn and love God's instruction. Three, a purpose of affliction is for our good in growth and develop. Number four, a, a purpose of affliction is to learn that I can't do it alone, nor am I expected to. The ultimate purpose of affliction, how it all comes together, is to bring us to a place of hope. Why? Because hope does not disappoint us, and God wants us to rejoice in hope. I pray that this is helpful for those of you that are going through a really difficult time. If you're on the mountaintop experience, I guarantee you can look back at a difficult time and go, okay, I've seen God come through. For those who are going through it, oh, man, we are praying for you. Please let us know. I mean, just go to PurposeClaremont.com. If you're listening to this and you're not part of the our community, and if you are, go to PurposeClaremont.com and then scroll to the bottom of the homepage. You're going to see a place where you can leave a prayer request. We want to pray for you. we got a whole prayer team that's just waiting. They're chomping the bit to pray for you. So just know everyone goes through affliction. Everyone goes through really difficult times. But there is, there is a, there's a purpose in what it is that God is doing. we got to trust him in his greatness, trust him in his goodness. When I don't understand because of my limited perspective, I want to see from his perspective and trust him in the process. Guys, I love you more than you know, and we'll see you later.